I'd like to talk about this gospel in the context of friendship. And I could do that reflecting very well on last night's event at the Boiling Bash, which many would call a night of friendship, our annual fundraiser. Similar to the gospel in which one man dies so that the glory of God can be revealed, there were two men who died last night. If not physically, at least socially, uh, whenever they were asked to dance at 9.25 p.m. for everyone for the low price of $2,600, of course, that they would not see, but that the church would see, that you would see, and all for the glory of perhaps Benjamin Franklin, you know, and raising the money necessary for the annual fund. Now, I share that in context for the friendship that exists between Jesus, Mary, Martha, and now Lazarus, who has died. And though we know very few people who have died, or probably know no one in person who has died and then been raised from the dead by the power of Christ, we do know those many of our friends and family who have died moral or spiritual deaths through habitual moral sin. And how then is Christ going to work his miracle? Because with this miracle in particular, it is unique. Last week we heard of the blind man and how his sight was restored. And the blind man got to ask Jesus for his sight to be restored. Lazarus cannot ask Jesus to have life again because Lazarus is dead. So often with those who need to recover moral or spiritual life because of habitual mortal sin are totally incapable of asking for moral or spiritual life again because their hope is dead in despair. And so in this light, I want to talk about friendship with Martha and Mary and their efforts to bring Jesus in to Lazarus's cave so that Lazarus can have life again. And how we can bring Jesus in to those friendships where there is moral and spiritual death, where there is helplessness on behalf of the person who cannot ask Christ for grace so that Christ can come into their caves and raise them from the dead. The first of the three points I'd like to make from the gospel is that Martha does not have faith in a plan as much as she has faith in the person of Christ. Martha does not have faith in a plan as much as she has faith in the person of Christ. This is important. Because a lot of times when we see someone who is in an habitual mortal sin, most likely an addiction or just a pattern of behavior, we say, if there's not a plan that's necessary, then there is no hope. If there's not a plan that is at hand, then there is no hope. But with Martha, she says, Jesus, I know that if you were here, he would not have died and that you can raise him. Jesus says, yes, you believe that I will raise him on the last day. You know that I will raise him now. That's not in Martha's mind that Jesus is going to raise Lazarus right here. That's not within her plan of how the situation is going to go. 
That is crucial. That if we truly believe that Jesus is the Savior and can bring about life again, and the moral and spiritually dead, then it's not up to us to have a plan to propose it to Christ and to have him check it off so that we can execute the plan. It is Christ is the one who can only give life after spiritual death. It is none of us, no matter how great our plan can be. So believing in Christ and not believing in our plans. The second point is the removal of obstacles. After Jesus recognizes with the Jews and everyone around the tragedy of Lazarus' death, that even he weeps, knowing full well that he will raise him from the dead, even he weeps. He then asks Martha and those present to take away the stone that covers Lazarus' grave. So he asks to remove the obstacle that keeps him from Lazarus. And Lazarus cannot remove this obstacle. Only Martha and those present. Again, Lazarus' friends. Now the problem is Martha's hesitant. Because she says, he has been dead for four days. Lord, now there will be a stench. If we remove the obstacle of excessive tolerance, maybe just not telling the truth, if we remove that obstacles of falsehood, we don't address the problem and look at the morally and spiritual dead, look at the corpse of Lazarus uh, face to face, then we won't allow Jesus to enter in. Now, a lot of times, whenever we tell the truth about someone's moral depravity, or someone's spiritual death, it stinks. Like Lazarus, it's been dead for four days. It's been there for a long time. It's festered. It's filthy. It's gross. But we cannot reveal the truth of another, especially if it is an habitual truth, some addiction that has been there for a long time, unless Jesus is just on the outside of the tomb. We cannot do it unless Jesus is right there present. Otherwise, we'll just reveal the stench of another person and it will only contaminate everyone else. We have to make sure to do so with grace present there, willing to rely upon Christ, and with charity in our hearts. Otherwise, the stench will be too much to handle. So removing obstacles, even if, those obstacle, even if the removal of those obstacles and telling the truth will be stinky, knowing that Christ is there regardless. Now the third point is after a conversion happens or after life is given. So now Christ has risen Lazarus whenever he says, Lazarus, come out. The dead, man, the dead man comes out, but he still comes out, not in a nice, you know, suit out of a coffin or anything. He comes out with burial bands tied hand and foot. He's still tied with his perception of death. And then 
Christ says to those present, to Lazarus' friends, untie him and let him go. Untie him and let him go. So often for those who do experience some revival of spiritual life, maybe not a, a full conversion, but at least on the way to a real repentance, a real conversion, we keep their burial bands on them by our perception of them. How often, whenever someone really desires to repent, or we experience that we desire to repent and really be transformed, the perceptions of others that we receive don't change. They still see us with our burial bands. They still see us with our burial cloths. And because of that, it keeps us from fully embracing life, or it keeps that person from fully embracing life, from fully following the Lord. It happens often that perhaps you are raised in a, a certain family setting, and you're perceived in a certain way, and then you go off to college and you get to begin new again. You, those burial bands fall off because they do not follow you out of the home. It happens often. But it happens equally as often that we don't take the burial bands off of others. And we don't give them the second chance to be perceived in a new light. To to look to the Lord and to trust him and not our own plans. To remove obstacles and tell the truth, even if it smells bad. And to release the prisoners of our friends from our own perceptions. These are just a few of the ways in which we can allow the Lord Jesus, and not ourselves, to restore moral and spiritual life toward those who are morally and spiritually dead.